Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. I'm going to be reading in uh, Matthew 6, uh, verses 24 through 34. So it's a doozy, so get get your stretches in. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Each day will have enough trouble of its own. You experienced that before? <laughs> hey, why don't you join me in prayer? Before you find a seat, why don't you join me in prayer? You can sit and pray too, it's fine. It's, God allows that, but um, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we... For honest, many times find ourselves worrying, and there's areas in our life where we struggle to trust you. And so, Lord, I pray that today would be a day where the, we can really str- uh, solidify our ability to trust you in every area of our heart and life. Lord, I pray that we would truly be kingdom first people. We would seek you first, seek your kingdom first above everything else. Lord, let us not put anything above you. Lord, forgive us for idols we put above you, false gods we have served above serving you, Lord. And uh, Lord, if you need to convict us, convict us today of that, I pray, so that we can be kingdom first people. And Lord, we also want to pray for Gonzaga that they would get first in the NCAA tournament this year for the first time. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Now you may be seated. It's good to see you here this morning. Happy March Madness to you. And those of you joining us online, thanks for joining us. We're in the Blessed Life series. And this has been a very good series, a very challenging series. Today's going to be another challenging message that I think is going to really help you. And today, I I, I share this message from my heart because I want you to be blessed. I want you to experience all that God has for you. We're gonna talk about the principle of the first. 
So if you're taking notes, write that down. The principle of the first. I'd encourage you to take notes because this would be a good one to take notes on. The principle of the first. We're not going to go real deep into this. You could go really deep into studying this principle. All throughout, you'll find it all throughout Scripture. And if you want to do that, I would encourage you to do so. But this is going to be good because this is really you and I determining, are we going to put God first in every area of our life? What would it look like if we were really to put God first in every area of our life? What would that look like? And what that means is that you and I would actually be walking in obedience to him in every area of our life. Because that's the goal. The goal isn't that you and I wouldn't just believe in God. As followers of Jesus, as his disciples, we want to believe in him, meaning we want to follow him and walk in obedience to him. Now, obedience was a big deal to Jesus. Jesus gave us this mission. He's like, go and make disciples. Okay, so if you've been around church before, you've heard that, right? Go and make disciples. That's a big deal to us here. We want to live that out the best we can. So we got these go groups going right here. We want to make disciples who make disciples. We don't want it to just be a one generational thing. Like I've discipled somebody. No, I want them to be able to disciple somebody. So we want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so we're doing this go group thing. And I encourage you to lean into that. Start that go group if you haven't, because this is so important to how Jesus wants to fulfill the mission of everybody experiencing the life-changing power of the gospel. It's through you and I just making disciples, okay? So Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in water, and teach them. Jesus said to teach them, and he didn't say teach them everything that I've taught you. Jesus didn't say that. He actually said to obey everything I have taught you. Teach, so obedience was a big deal. So don't just teach them the teachings. No, teach them to follow and actually obey the teachings. That's the goal. And so if we're going to put God first in our life, that's what we're saying. I'm going to obey God. I think this is why Samuel said obedience is better than sacrifice. Because we can give one-time sacrifices. I can sacrifice for a moment, but that doesn't mean I walk in obedience. Sacrifice is good. It's a good thing. It's a noble thing, but it can become a religious thing. Obedience speaks of relationship. It speaks of I love God. I just want to walk with him in obedience. And so obedience is a, a big deal, especially in regards to this principle of the first. What is first in your life? What is it that is first in your life? Maybe you need to assess that in your heart right now. What is first, truly first? Because whatever I put first in my life demonstrates what's Lord of my life. Whatever I put first in my life demonstrates with Lord of my life, and God cannot be second. He declares that over and over again. Don't have any other gods before me. He knows our hearts. He knows we're prone to go there, to put idols above God, to make these false gods a God in our life. And he's like, no, no, that's not how it works. Put me first. God cannot be second. And it makes sense. If there is a God, if he's real and made all of this and created us and gave us life, he deserves to be first above everything else in our life. Amen? And so, is he really first in my life? Because what, what's first in my life demonstrates what's Lord of my life. And we want him to be Lord of all. And so when we put God first, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in proper order. That's what we're doing. And putting God first puts him in the proper place in your life. It doesn't promise you won't face trials and troubles. 
Okay, Jesus even says, you're going to face trials. Those are going to come. That is a part of life. But when you face them, you'll have God first. You're in the proper order. Don't you want to face troubles with, with the right order in life? That's the goal. That's, that's why we're talking about this. Okay, so the principle of the first. This is something you'll find all throughout Scripture, like I said. And uh, we're going to kind of cruise over and highlight some stuff that you'll see in Scripture. But let's go to Exodus 13 first. We're going to look at a few verses that clearly show us this principle. Exodus 13, verse 1, says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. That word consecrate means set apart. Set it apart and dedicate it to me. Every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. And so what you see in those two verses right there is what we would call the principle of the firstborn. This is one of the principles that you'll see within the principle of the first. It's the principle of the firstborn, and God says the firstborn belongs to me. It's mine. You know, jump down to verse 11. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised on oath to you and your forefathers, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. Okay, so Jesus is saying as you have that firstborn, you're either to redeem it or sacrifice it. It's one of two things. So he gives the example of a donkey. The donkey represents an unclean animal. So he says if you have an unclean animal, then you redeem the unclean animal with a clean, spotless lamb. But the clean animals... You sacrifice. Now, some of you are tracking me that like where this is going here, right? Okay, again, this is an example of God in the Old Testament foreshadowing of what was going to come through Jesus, the Messiah. The clean animals were sacrificed. The unclean was redeemed by the clean, spotless lamb. And that is exactly what Jesus came to do. This is fascinating, guys, as, as we, we dive into this here and talk about this principle of the firstborn. Because, like I said, this is a foreshadowing of what, what Jesus was going to do. Jesus said this. He says, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And you think that he'd be speaking of this right here? You think this was what he was thinking of in this moment? Like, he came to fulfill all the law. But specifically, even right here, you can see Jesus didn't abolish this. He fulfilled it. And John, the Baptist, saw Jesus come and he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is what Jesus came to do for us. So here's what we see. Jesus was actually God's firstborn. So God is following this principle here, just like he's asking us to follow this principle through Jesus. Jesus was God's firstborn. Because he was the clean, spotless lamb that went to the cross and redeemed us, set us free. The un we are the ones who are unclean. We were born sinners. We have a sin nature that we were born into. But God gave us a way for forgiveness and freedom through sacrificing his firstborn. So this is the principle of the firstborn. And Jesus was that. Romans 8, 28, uh, 29 says this. For those God foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn 
among many brothers and sisters. There's a lot in this one verse here, by the way. It talks about predestination and, and free will and all that. Like, okay, what, which one is it, God? Like, is it predestination? Is it free will? Did you choose me or did I choose you? Okay, so for the purposes of today's topic, the answer to that question is yes. The point of this scripture here that we're looking at, though, is Jesus is the firstborn for us. That's what we're pointing out here. Jesus is the firstborn, Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did his thing first, before we even had a chance to respond, before we ever decided whether we were going to believe in Jesus and follow him and love him, God showed us he loved us first. It's a principle of the first, the firstborn. And so Jesus was God's firstborn. And in a sense, here's what we see is that Jesus was God's tithe. You got to understand that, the, and here's why, because God was giving us his first. So tithing is not just about 10%. It's actually the first 10%. Why is it the first 10%? The reason is because it requires faith to give the first. That requires faith. If, if I get to the end of paying all my bills and all this kind of stuff at the end of the month, and I, okay, God, I got enough for you, and now I'm going to give to God, that requires zero faith. But if I give God first, then I'm operating out of faith. So you following this here? This is, this is what God instituted from the very beginning. This is a principle all throughout scripture. God's people did this for generation after generation after generation. Before they knew if they were gonna have any more animals, they sacrificed and gave the firstborn. Before they knew if they were even gonna have any more crops, they gave the first fruits of their crops. They had did it in faith. We'll talk about first fruits here in just a minute, but this principle applies to us today. Before you and I know if we're gonna have enough money at the end of the month, we give first. Before if we know if we're gonna even make it financially, we give first because that's faith. And so it's not just a 10%, it's actually the first 10%. So for years as I've practiced this, and as Amy and I have practiced this in our life, I always go and pay God, give God what's his before I pay all my other bills. That's what I've always done. And, and I've heard lots of people say, say the same story. Like when we used to write checks, remember checks? We used to write those things. We would write those first and then uh, and set that aside. And then we would pay all the rest of the bills and go through all the checks and balance our checkbook and all that kind of stuff. And uh, most don't do that anymore. But when I go online now and, and I'm doing all that, I, I give God first. Now what I've been challenged, I've been studying this principle of the first is the moment that money hits my bank account, because we have automatic deposit here, so like the money magically appears in my account. Like, there it is, sweet, okay, awesome. The moment that that hits, I want to make sure the first thing that goes out goes to God. That's something I've been challenged with in this principle of the first. Not just before I pay all my other bills, I'm gonna give God first, but for the first thing that goes out of my bank account, before Amy goes to the store and buys some more food and groceries, I wanna give to God what belongs to him. I wanna give it to him first. It's the principle of the first. So we're looking at the principle of the firstborn. Now let's look at the principle of the first fruits. Not only does the firstborn belong to God, the first fruits also belong to God. So Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10 say this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. God says, I'll take care of you. I will bless you, but honor me with your wealth, with the first fruits of everything that you have. So these first fruits belong to God as well. And when you give that first fruits, that's an act of faith again, because it's a giving before you don't even know what else is going to be there. So it's an act of faith to give the first fruits. Now, keep in mind, too, this is Proverbs here. This is not the law. It came from Proverbs. To honor the God with our wealth, with our first fruits. And I mention that because a lot of people, as we start diving into talking about giving and, and tithing and all that, a lot of people get caught up in the like, well, that's Old Testament, and we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. And that's true. We're thankful for that. But there's principles that were in the law that still apply today. Because under the law was also adultery. Under the law was also stealing. So would we say, take that same principle and say, well, we're under grace now, so it's okay to steal. We're under grace now, so it's okay to commit adultery. No, those were in the law, but there are principles that still hold true today. See, God has put forth unchanging principles because he's an unchanging God that apply then. They were in the law, but they apply today. These are eternal principles, and the principle of the first fruit is one of those principles. Okay, so, again, you'll see this all throughout Scripture. Genesis chapter 4. You ever wonder why God didn't accept Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's offering? Because Abel gave his first. He gave his first. And that's why God accepted it. Genesis 14, Abraham gives a tithe to Melchizedek, the priest of Salem. Fascinating story. And Melchizedek was at the very least a prototype of the coming Christ, of the, of the Messiah. But a lot of scholars believe he was a theophany or a Christophany. He was Jesus in the flesh, pre-incarnate in the Old Testament himself. But Abraham, Father Abraham, gave a tithe to Melchizedek, the priest, in Genesis 14. Okay, both those examples, Genesis 4 and 14, were way before the law. Okay, so this, this, this principle and this stuff was before the law. And then the law comes in. Okay, you got Exodus 23, 19. Bring the best of your first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. So you bring that first fruits to the house, to the house of the Lord. Leviticus 27, 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. This is such a spiritual thing that we are doing, guys. First fruits, all over scripture. You'll, you'll see it in Proverbs like we just read, in Exodus and Leviticus, but also you see it in Numbers and Deuteronomy, in Second Chronicles and Nehemiah and Psalm and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. In the New Testament, you'll see it in Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Thessalonians, in James and in Revelation. All throughout scripture. Then you take the words of Jesus. What does Jesus have to say about this type of thing, this, this topic here. So Jesus, they're trying to trap Jesus, and, and Jesus' response was in Mark 12, verse 17, he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. When I read that, I think, man, Jesus, you could have given us an out right there and paying our taxes. <laughs> if only he'd said, you are not obligated to give to Caesar, don't worry about that, that'd be like, yes. Biblically, we do not have to pay our taxes right there. Wouldn't that have been great? How many are going to up for that? Jesus, come on, that would have been awesome, okay? But Jesus is saying, no, 
Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but also give to God what is God's. You're a citizen of your country, give to that. You're a citizen of God's kingdom, you give to God as well. Okay, so Jesus is saying both of these are important. And then in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking about, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does a specific teaching on giving. And then he says in verse 24, which Andrew just read a few moments ago, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll despise the one, be devoted to the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Then he goes on to talk about, don't worry. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. You know, what you're going to have, all kind of stuff. And he links that to a lack of faith, by the way. When we worry, we aren't trusting in God. But the solution is, he says, don't get caught up in worrying about all of that stuff. Are you going to make it? You're going to have clothes and food for you and your family and all that. No, God, Jesus is saying, I'm going to take care of you. And the solution is found in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I'll take care of everything. Everything that you would worry about, I'll take care of it. Seek me first. It's out of that scripture that we get the theme for Rivers Church this year. The theme is kingdom first, which is why I love studying this, this principle here. I think this principle, the first, is the most important message in this entire series of The Blessed Life. And I think a light bulb is coming on for a lot of people as you dive deeper. This is not just about tithing 10%. This is going deep into scripture, into principles that you see that are eternal in God's word. And also it ties in with our theme this year as we're talking about being kingdom first people. That's the theme, kingdom first. I mean, we wanna be kingdom first in everything, in our whole life. And that includes this area as well. Kingdom first living is a whole new way of living. It's a radically different way of living than when you live according to the kingdom of the world. When you are in the kingdom of God, there's one king, and it's Jesus. And we're making sure that Jesus is the king over every area of our life. I want to share with you a fun story from one of our friends here at Rivers Church. And she had told me that she wanted to share it a year ago. It didn't work out, but Pastor Rachel was able to connect with Ebony. And so Ebony is going to share her story of how her and Joseph have really trusted God and put him first in this area of their life. So enjoy this story right here. All right. So hi, Ebony. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to speak to you. So I am really excited to get to share your story with the Rivers Church congregation. So uh, basically, as we've been looking at going into this new series, Pastor Tyrone said, hey, you know what? We need to talk to Ebony. She's got this incredible story. And I can just tell you all out there right now, like Ebony is an amazing storyteller plus an incredible businesswoman. And I am so pumped for you to hear her story. So Ebony, you want to just kind of kick it off and uh, share a little bit about where, you, where your journey has taken you so far? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm just going to start when uh, me and Joseph first moved to Phoenix. We lived in Glendale, Arizona. Same and yeah and so we lived in this 200 square feet apartment 
where we're laying on the bed. We can see the bathroom. We can see the kitchen. We can see each other. Like it wasn't even a bed. It was a blow up mattress, you know, and it kind of had a little air leak. So every night we would have to pump it up. Like The struggle was real. (laughs) But um, but we found out that we was having Tiana, which is my eldest daughter. She's seven years old. And when we found out that we were having her, we knew we had to find something bigger. So we didn't have great credit. We didn't have the money for a down payment. So we said, God, please lead and guide us. Like we really need to find something good and and much better because we don't want our daughter to be born and in the middle of us looking at us like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> so um so we did, we prayed and God led us to an apartment where the rent was originally around $1,200. Um, the deal that we came in on was $800 a month. Mm-hmm. That was nothing but the power of God. Yeah. He led us, he guided us, he got us in. And that is the apartment that we're currently in today. Yeah. We were super excited. So yes, we got a two bedroom townhouse we don't have to lay down in the bed and look at the kitchen anymore we could actually be in a room upstairs so we were super excited about that and then um god moved us from there where now we're we're here what type of jobs are we are we going to have you know um so joseph he works in the cruise industry um and so he works in accounting And he thankfully got to work from home, which was super, super cool. And I was looking for something, um, something where I can have my daughter uh, taken care of as well as make a little bit of income. So Mm -hmm. I worked at the daycare for a little bit at Hummingbird. Yeah. And so Tiana went there. We worked for a little while. And I got a little bit of a pay raise, a little bit more. But during this whole time, whether we had a little or a lot, we continued to tithe because that was super important to both of us, me and Joseph. And um, and so now we're in Hummingbird. And then um, I'm like, you know what? We need to I need to find something more that kind of can continue to stretch us and continue to grow us. Um, and really build like almost a legacy for my kids, you know, um, just kid at that time. It was yeah. just Tiana. But, um, and so I started learning a lot about marketing and digital um, online marketing. And so I tried network marketing. I tried all different types of marketing, a guerrilla marketing. I'm telling you everything. Um, and I'm like, God, I just need a mentor. And God guided me to this guy who was one of the top real estate investors in Phoenix. And I was with him for a year and I learned a whole lot underneath him about negotiations, about sales and marketing, about real practical things um, that I could really take and really do. And so I really helped him grow Um, his online presence through Facebook, through Instagram. And it was super cool because I actually got to learn while I was making money. And again, we were focused on tithing, 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 tithing. And it didn't matter if I was getting paid a lot or a little, we was focused on tithing. 
And then our schedule kind of got kind of a little strenuous. So I had to kind of let that job go. Um, And now it was just Joe making, you know, the money. And so things start to get really tight again. And I knew I had something with this digital marketing thing. So I continued to push, continued to learn more about digital marketing where I come across e-commerce. And so I built this store little by little by little. And I got my first sale. Then I got my second sale. Then I got my fifth and then my 10th. And it went from $10 to $100 to $200 to $500, $1,000. And just Mm -hmm. continued to grow to the point where I was able to flip it and make some really nice profit on it. And we was excited. (laughs) We tied, of course, off everything. That's our thing. And we were super excited. But nobody tells you about how to maintain success. So we're just living life and then the money ran out. And truth be told, we were back in the same situation again. And for me, it was even a bigger hit because I tasted a little bit of success. I knew I could get there, but we're back in the same situation again. And even worse now. And so I had to reach out to my community to my church, to my dear friends. And they all came and supported us and really pulled together and really helped us during this time. We were on WIC. I had to reach out to the government, get on WIC, get on food stamps. Even on food stamps, we continued to tithe because we knew we needed God to show up in our finances. That was super important for us because obviously if we continue to get ourselves in this mess, We needed God to show up. And so what did he do? He showed up. He continued to show up. And so we, I got connected to this, to this uh, um, creative circle, which helped find marketers um, job positions. And I was able to find a job position that was double the amount of money I was making. I was able to get off WIC. I was able to help my family. It was so beautiful and it was nothing but God. Thank you, God. And um, and so now I'm making double, but the place that I'm with, I'm like, oh, it's just not a great fit. I'm not really feeling the support that I needed to really get the job done. And so I took it to God again. I said, God, I need you to show up. I need you to make a way. Mm -hmm. And he did again. So he gave me another job where I started as a digital marketing assistant. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that job, I was paid a little bit more than I was at that last job, like $5 an hour more. So it was pretty, it was pretty big jump. Um, And then to make it even better, God continued to grow me. I was able to build a business for them. They already had a business, but I was able to build a separate business for them that today was acquired. Like literally today, right? Literally today it was acquired. And it's it's not just small change. It's millions and millions of dollars. And God is so good. And not only did I went from digital marketing assistant 
I'm now the vice president of marketing for this business. And I have multiple businesses that I am in charge of, um, not just that one. And that is the power of the tithe is if you if you tithe and, and really serve God in the little things and say, God, I trust you with everything that we have, uh, he will provide and he will make a way. And that's pretty much it. I love that, Ebony. You did a fantastic job. And I mean, how cool is that? That literally today, this is March 4th, this was acquired. Like that's incredible. And I am just so blown away. And I I know that people might, you know, maybe if they have doubts about tithing and things like that, and they might say, well, you know, Ebony, you worked really hard for this. Like, you know, surely it was just like a coincidence that like you kept kind of coming to these great jobs and, you know, maybe it wasn't God actually coming through for you. Like, what would you say to somebody that maybe has some doubts about that? Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand where they're coming from, but for, for me specifically is tithing isn't really about what God can do for me. Yeah. It's really showing God that I trust him. Yeah. You know, it's saying, God, you've given me a hundred percent of this money. You've given me a hundred percent of this increase. You've given me a hundred percent. I'm giving you this 10% to show you that my heart's with you and to show you that I trust you with my finances. That's so good. Well, Ebony, it was such a pleasure uh, getting to talk to you. And so um, I wish you all could have heard even our conversation before this because it just, the stories just kept coming. And so uh, Mm -hmm. this is an incredible woman and I hope that you all have a chance to meet her. And so um, Ebony, again, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. We love you and we love your whole family too. So. <laughs> Love you too. And thank you again for allowing me the opportunity of to course. share. I'm going to stop recording, but see you later. <laughs> Man, isn't that great? just wanted to say thanks to Pastor Rachel and Ebony for sharing their story. Ebony's usually joining us online, and so thank you so much. It's always fun to hear testimonies from people about how God is moving and working in their life. You know, I discovered years ago as I entered adulthood how spiritual this whole money management thing was. To learn how to budget and make sure that I handled my money properly and to learn to really trust God with this area. I just thought this is a very spiritual thing. I can understand why God would say this is holy. So as we talk about putting God first in every area of our life, How is it that we demonstrate that God is first in our financial life? How can we do that? Have you ever wrestled with that? How do I demonstrate God is first in this part of my life, finances? And when you dive into scripture, I don't encourage you, keep studying, keep diving in and study this principle, study God's word. When you dive in, you see it's pretty clear what it means to put God first in our finances. If you were to look at Amy and I's bank account, you'd see that we like Costco. Tend to spend a bunch of money there, as a lot of you do. We like coffee. I like coffee. You can probably see that show up on a consistent basis, but uh, you'd also see we just love Jesus and love just putting him first in that area of our life. We really strive to not just walk in obedience to the word, but to go above and beyond, just be as generous as we possibly can. 
That's why we sponsor a couple kids through the Feed One program. In fact, if you want to sponsor a Feed One kid or two or three, that there's Feed One envelopes underneath the, the row of every, uh, every row here. And uh, there's a digital, in the, in the digital program, you can click there in the link and you can do that. It's just a way that we can just be generous because God has given us so much. And I believe in that Feed One program. Uh, we, you know, support a compassion kid and just try to be generous and giving in so many ways. That's really the goal. And so if you want to be generous and give to Feed One, you can do that. Many of you already have. In fact, we're supporting 44 kids out of our church right now through Feed One. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So maybe you want to help the youth ministry. They're raising money with this fundraiser. They're wanting to get kids to summer camp. And so you can see them in the lobby. They're doing this pie a pastor thing. And so you give to to me or somebody and I get pied or I get to pie them. I don't, I don't understand how it all goes, but you can check that out in the lobby. Just another way you can be generous and help some kids get to summer camp uh, if, if you want to do that. But I want to read to you a, just a little excerpt from this book here. And this is another good book you can look at in regards to giving, stewardship. And this is The Blessed Life book here and you know study scripture but there's a lot of good scripture in this book here and pastor robert says this in in his experience of talking with people who tithe versus those who don't he says throughout my life as an evangelist and pastor i've been amazed at the consistency of the testimonies i hear about tithing in 35 years of ministry every tither i've spoken with has given me a similar testimony Every non-tither has also given me a similar testimony. But the non-tither's testimony is different from those who tithe. And keep in mind, he says, the biblical exhortation to let everything be established by the mouth of two or three witnesses, 2 Corinthians 13.1. Without exception, tithers say, I'm blessed or God has blessed me. They all give the testimony that God is blessing them. In contrast, every non-tither I've ever spoken with gives this testimony can't afford to tithe. I want you to think about these two statements and the two types of people they come from. All tithers give the testimony that they are blessed. All non-tithers give the testimony that they can't afford to tithe. And so I hope you hear our heart in this whole series is that we want you to experience the blessings of God. And we aren't going to shy away from any teaching of Jesus, even this teaching of Jesus in this teaching, in this principle found in God's word. Here's the deal. God doesn't need you to give, but you do need to be blessed. God doesn't need you to give. You do need to be blessed. I want you to experience the blessings of a loving Father God. That's my heart for you. And that means you and I put him first in every area of our life. So let's look at one last scripture to bring this to a close. We were in Exodus 13 back in the beginning, remember? Let's go there again, Exodus 13. We left off in verse 13. Let's read one more verse, verse 14 in Exodus 13. In the days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And this is in fact what they did for generations. As children would ask their parents, why do we do this? Hey, Dad, why do we give this to God? And the parents would say, hey, let me tell you something about our family. We weren't always in this line of work here. We weren't always farmers. We didn't work in this thing we're doing here. 
our family used to be slaves. We were slaves in Egypt, but God delivered us from slavery. God redeemed us. That's why we give, because we owe him everything. Romans 6 says, you and I were a slave to sin. We were in bondage to sin. And so our response is the same, same way. It's the same thing. I used to be enslaved to sin, but Jesus set me free. I now walk in the freedom and the power of Christ. I, I owe him everything. It all belongs to him. And out of gratitude for all that Jesus has done for me, I trust him with everything and we give. We give back to God. It's the same response and we do it out of a heart of gratitude, just being so thankful for who God is and all that he's done in our life. Are you thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful for the power of the cross? Let's never forget that Jesus has set us free. We used to be slaves, but no more. You are free. You are free. You are free in Christ. And out of that, we give. We give in so many ways, friends. And, and, and as we give, we are blessed. And we are blessed in so many ways, friends. It comes in so many different ways, shapes, or forms. I've heard people give testimony where they begin to trust God in the area of finances and their prodigal son came home they've been praying for for decades. You better believe they were excited about that blessing in their life. God can bless you in so many ways. So, put him first in our life. Whatever's first in my life demonstrates what's Lord of my life. So let me give you some practical ways to live this out, okay? Because I don't want this just to be information that you... you kind of get into your brain and you kind of think about the goal is never just information it's transformation transformation happens as you and i try to walk in obedience to the information that we receive so here's some ways you and i can walk this out practically okay so you're taking notes again this, here's five things you can write down practical ways to live this out give god the first of your week give god the first of your week that's what you're doing right now you've joined us here those of you that join us online many of you do it faithfully every week do that every week we gather with god's people and this is the first day of the week monday's not the first day of the week by the way sunday is so i'm giving god the first day of the week i'm here i'm faithful it's, it's like okay god this is dedicated this is holy this is what i do this is what our family does give god the first part of your week first day of your week number two give god the first of your day. When you roll out of bed, before you go to that cell phone and check all your text messages and your email and, and catch up on social media, before you do any of that, before you even have breakfast, let me just say, spend time with God. Give him the first of your day. Get in his presence, pray, worship, read his word, journal, just be with God. If you need coffee for that time, first part of your day. Give it to God. Just spend time with Him. Number three would be give God the first of your income. That's what we we're talking about in this series. It's the principle of the first, but giving Him the first of your income. Again, this shows us who's first in our financial life. Number four, give God the first of your meal. Some of you, maybe you got out of the habit of praying before your meal. You don't like it. You think it's cheesy or silly, and that's, I get that, but I think this can be just an important moment where we recognize that God has provided this. God has blessed us. And let's take a moment. Let's just be thankful. God, you have blessed me in so many ways. Thank you so much for this happy meal that I get to enjoy right now. Or whatever it is that you like to eat. 
You might want to especially pray over the happy, if you're going to eat happy meal, especially pray over that, right? But pray. It's a moment just to pause and say, God, before I do this, I'm giving you the first part of this, this moment here. Thank you, God, for all that you provided for me. And then lastly, I'd say this. Give God the first response to your decisions. The first response. Before you go seek advice from somebody else, before you go and blow all up your opinion on Facebook, before you go and gossip to somebody, go to God first. You wrestle with a big decision, go to God. Give him the first response. Go to him, talk with God. What does God want you to do? What does he have to say about this? You can go to his word too. What does God's word have to say about this? Give him the first response to your decisions. This is practical ways for you and I to live out this principle the first. There's so many ways we can do this. I hope that helps you and think of your ways you can put God first in every area of your life. Let's be kingdom first people, amen? Would you stand to your feet? Let's pray. Join me in prayer right now, Lord. Thank you so much for your presence. Your presence here is so real so needed. And God, I pray that you would speak to us about this message here today. Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to respond? In fact, let's just pause right here. Just take a moment. Let's just think and just listen. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to this today? that's there for us in everything. We truly are in the age of grace because of what you did for us on the cross, Jesus. We're thankful for that. And Lord, I pray that our thankfulness, that our gratitude would cause us to live generous lives in every area of our life. Lord, we'd be people so thankful for who you are, what you've done, how you've set us free and you've forgiven us. God, we were slaves We were in bondage, but no more, Jesus. We got freedom. We're in relationship with you, and we owe you everything. You gave us this day. You gave us this breath we sang about earlier. We're so thankful. We have another day to enjoy, to breathe. And God, I just pray that right now you would fill us with your presence, with your joy, with your love. And Lord, help us by the power of your spirit to put you first in every area of our life, that we would be kingdom first people. Holy Spirit, help us. Because if we're honest, we haven't always done it. So help us right now, Jesus, to put you first every area of our heart. Lord, for those that have never said yes to following you, I pray that today would be the day. March 21st would be a day they say yes to you and they would commit to serving you and following you and trusting you every day for the rest of their life, Lord pray that that would happen today. Lord, open people's eyes to see you for who you really are, a loving, heavenly Father that wants to bless, but we got to put you first. So God, help people to put you first. Maybe people are making that decision for the first time. Maybe they're, they're rededicating their life to you, but they're putting you first in their heart, in their life. The idols are falling down. They're, they're, they're being destroyed in our life, and as they ask for forgiveness, 
God, that, that bondage of sin is being broken and they are stepping into freedom and the new life that you have for them. Lord, I thank you for that today. If that's you, just pray a prayer. Pray a prayer of forgiveness. Dedicate your life to Jesus, trusting in him. Over these next few moments, just pray that prayer. Lord, for all of us, Lord, I pray that your spirit would help us, would lead us, would guide us in living out this life as kingdom first people, which is the antidote to worrying and not trusting you, just putting you first. Oh, Spirit, we need your help. We need your help. Lead us, fill us, guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.